the Pretty Little, Pretty Little, Pretty Little Podcast. Hello, and welcome back to the, the Pretty, Pretty Little, Little Podcast. Podcast. We're your hosts, Emily and Maria. This episode, we are discussing the second book in the series, Pretty Little Liars, titled Flawless. It was, of course, written by our love, Sarah Shepard, and published in 2007. As a recap, this series is about four teenage girls, referred to as the Liars, whose best friend Allison De Laurentiis was murdered three years ago, and they're now being stalked and blackmailed by Mysterious A. Um, they're being blackmailed by their secrets that only Allie knew, and also things that are currently going on in their lives. The prologue to this book um, gives us the infamous Jenna thing. Um, this secret is referred to in the previous book, um, which listeners, if you listen to that, you would um, know we talked about that a little bit. But we finally get all the details in this prologue. Um, basically, it's back in seventh grade when Allie is alive and well. Um, the girls are having a typical grade school slumber party, snacks, movies, gossip, and <laughs> they are trying on each other's clothes when Allie sees Toby Cavanaugh's face in the window. And Toby is a, like, creepy neighbor kid. He's the same age as them. Um, but and he's sisters, or he's his, the brother of Jenna Cavanaugh. Yes. And they are not, I think they're step-siblings. Step-siblings. Yeah. Step so he, Allie sees Toby's face in the window. He was watching them change. So he's basically, like, being a t- peeping Tom. Right. And also, this is from what well, this is what Allie says. So yes. she's sort of an unreliable narrator. Narrator. So we don't know if that's necessarily true. So the girls are all really freaked out, and Allie hatches a plan to scare Toby in his treehouse by lighting a firework off close to it. Um, and they end up deciding that they're going to do it, and something goes wrong. Allie shoots the firework into the treehouse, which blinds Toby's stepsister Jenna. So this book, um, that was just a prologue to this book, and then this book begins right where the first book, Pretty Little Liars, left off. The liars are outside Allie's funeral, and they have just found out that all of them are receiving these threatening messages from an unknown source, a self-titled A. Um, we're going to now go into each of the girls' plot lines, since throughout this book, they still don't really intertwine as much, so it's just easier to split them out into four different plot lines. Um, I will start by talking about kind of what Spencer goes through during this book. Um, as a backstory, Spencer in the previous book um, had an illicit affair, shout out Taylor Swift, <laughs> um, with her sister Melissa's boyfriend, Ren. So Spencer and Ren continue to see each other despite Ren being like, what, seven years older or something? Yeah, he just graduated college and she's 17, I think. 16. She's a junior 16. in high school. So yeah, like seven year difference. Right. Um, She's sneaking into Philly to see him at night, um, and Spencer... She's underage. Yes, she's underage. To clarify. Yes. And she's, like, skipping school, she's skipping field hockey practice, and Spencer is the liar who's, like, really dedicated to study. She's super perfectionist. She is, like, wants to go to Harvard, so her skipping school for a boy is a really big deal. So Spencer ends up going um, to the Foxy, which is like a dance in Rosewood. It's not a school dance. It's like some weird charity dance. It's like an auction kind yeah. of, but so also she, a dance. Yeah. So she goes with Andrew Campbell, who is like Spencer's biggest rival at school, basically. He's the president to Spencer's vice president. And she goes with him to like cover up her relationship with Ren um, from Melissa and her parents, who are still all very mad at her for the Ren thing. Um, and at the end of the book, um, she ditches Andrew at the dance, um, for reasons we'll get into later, but Ren breaks up with her for another girl, and we find out at the very end of the book that Ren actually is back together with Melissa, and Melissa was kind of, like, pulling the strings the whole time. She knew that Ren and Spencer were hooking up behind her back, um, and so Ren is broken up with, um, and Melissa has no intention of actually, like, being with Ren. She just kind of, like, wants to screw with Spencer, I yes. think. I think that's what we're kind of getting at, right? Yes, agreed. Because Melissa then immediately says, like, I'm not even interested in Ren. Like, yeah. she just wanted to, like, throw it back in Spencer's face, which is kind of understandable. But anyway, so that's kind of where we leave Spencer in the book. She's heartbroken over Ren, who she did lose her virginity to, who then kind of threw her out, um... And he and was, man- we both agreed that he's, like, manipulating her the whole time because at first he's, like, you're so adult for your age, and then he, like, breaks up with her by saying that she's too young for him. So it's, yes. like, pick a side. Yeah, definitely. And also, 
earlier in the book, um, because she was skipping school so much, Spencer kind of started to fall back on her studies. And she ends up stealing one of Melissa's papers and turns it in, in her as her own work. Um, and we end the book with her teacher, like, responding, saying, like, I loved your submission, like, blah, 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 blah. And so we're kind of led to believe that this is going to be one of her, like, next secrets is the fact that she plagiarized her work. Um, and we also know, too, that Melissa had the same teacher as Spencer. So it might have been, like, in the same class. So, like, it sort of alludes to, like, she's going to get caught. Yes, definitely. Um, and also just because everyone's secrets come back to haunt them. Like, we know that this isn't going to be something that just Spencer gets away with. Imagine if she did. Like, that's it. <laughs> she got away with it. <laughs> she got a great grade, and that was it. Um, anyway, so that's Spencer's story. Um, so I'll go into a little bit of what Aria was up to this book. She's dealing mainly with the big secret of her father's affair. Um, throughout the book, we don't really see much of Ezra. We see him for like one second in one chapter, but he's not really a part of her story, this book. Or, or even really like a part of her thoughts. Which yeah. Which is super weird. Like she spent the first whole book obsessing over him. Exactly. Sending him poems that she wrote. And then all of a sudden, like, he's just not even part of her, like, Right. Concerns. Yeah. She had, like, she, exactly. She, like, she, like, bared her soul to him by writing this poem. And then now she's just, like, moving on to the next thing, which is fine. I mean, yeah. I'm honestly good for her. Teenage girls, too. Yeah. So, as a recap, um, back in seventh grade, Arya and Allie caught her dad kissing another woman, Meredith. And shortly after, Allie disappeared and Arya and her family moved to Iceland. So, she never told her mom about the affair. However, now that they're back, Arya's dad started seeing Meredith again. And, um, Arya and her brother see them together at a bar, and so now Arya and Mike both know this thing, and Mike's taking it really hard. He he doesn't know what he's going to do if, the parent, if their parents break up. Also, just backstory, like, to emphasize, they're at a bar, a college bar. Yeah. Where Arya, who is 16, and Mike is, what, 14? 14, probably, yeah. And they're, or, and it's in downtown Philly. Like, so the excuse of it being in a small town is, like, not an excuse anymore. Yes, it's, it's not. It's in a city where they would be carting or they would lose their liquor license. And they're drinking. I'm sick of this, like, like is, narrative that she can drink at bars. And like, also, boys take so much longer to mature. So yeah, like, okay, yeah. Arya, He maybe, hasn't hit puberty, I'm no, sorry. he literally is probably, like skin and bone scrawny mm -hmm. like there's no way he could pass his 21 mm -mm. and the the bartender even says like are you 21 and he's like yeah and it's and like, like she cool. would card you <laughs> like i just that really bothers me but yeah um, so and then of course I'm, I'm sorry but like you guys are so underage at a bar mm -hmm. drinking like you knew you wanted your dad cheating it's like they didn't deserve that like, <laughs> right what did you it's expect? like karma almost <laughs> yeah so however <laughs> now that they're back aria um Arya's dad starts seeing Meredith again, and when they run into them, they're both, like, really shocked, and um, Arya wants to protect her brother, but she also wants to keep her family together, and so she um, is, like, really stressed out. She ends up start of, sort of starting a relationship with Hannah's ex, Sean Ackard, um, after he comforts her while she's having a panic attack. <laughs> so, basically, yes. her car breaks down, and he just, like, happens to be driving by. So... She gets in the car, and then she just, like, tells him her life story. She tells him everything that's going on. She tells him about the affair. Um, and then Arya then visits the yoga studio that Meredith works at. And because she just wants to, like, see Meredith, like, kind of see what her vibe is. Like, Well, also, A, like, sends her a text. Yeah, yeah. Saying, like, figure <laughs> I totally this out. Forgot that. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, figure this out, or, like, I'm telling your mom. Yeah, and then she sends another text, and she's, or A sends another text, and is like, go to this yoga, yoga studio at 7.30 a.m., and so she yeah. goes. And then Spencer's at the yoga studio, just, like, taking a class, but Arya thinks that, like, maybe A sent Spencer's, or she's freaked out. She thinks maybe Spencer is A, because mm -hmm. they're all just, like, questioning everything. Um, and then Arya then confronts her at her house, um... Meredith. Meredith. <laughs> with the encouragement from Sean. And Meredith comes back with, like, no, me and your dad are in love. Like, I'm sorry. Actually, yeah. she honestly was sort of a bitch. She basically was, she like, was. sorry, not sorry. Yeah, she's like, like, I don't care. My dad and not you are in love. Yeah. Me. <laughs> um, um, yeah. So, basically, Arya goes to Foxy, which Emily mentioned was, like, a charity dance with Sean um and that night she gets like a, or maybe the night before she gets a message from A saying that at midnight of the dance she has to tell her mom about the affair or A will tell for her and so that ends up happening yeah like she really has the best of intentions finally and is like I'm gonna tell my mom like 
waits up for her mom to come home. Mm-hmm. Her mom doesn't come home for a long time. And then she, she falls, just asleep. falls asleep. And then by the time she wakes up the next morning, her mom knows. And her mom has, like, the weirdest reaction. So weird. She's just, like, I think she might be drunk. Yeah, She's sort maybe. of just, like, sitting at the kitchen table with, like, her makeup yeah disheveled and she's just like really distraught which makes sense but she's a total bitch to aria because she thinks that like she should have told her which she should have but she's also 16 yeah she's 16 like her mom should not put that much pressure and blame on her daughter when it's her husband's fault yeah and if your your dad is telling you like don't tell your mom you probably will listen to him yeah and also she got this information from an anonymous source so it's like do you really not like trust your daughter enough to have like a one-on-one conversation to hear her side before just completely like she didn't even hear her out. She no. was just like, screw you, I'm going to back upstairs. Yeah, basically. So, so yeah. I also have a question. Why does Arya hit so much? <laughs> because throughout the book, it is mentioned like five or six times. It wasn't mentioned at all in the first book, but Arya like knits everyone bras. She knits Hannah an octopus. She has an, like another knitted owl on her bed. I'm just so confused. Like, where is she getting all this time to knit? She's like dating teachers she has this affair like i don't understand like i tried to knit once and i only got through like a quarter of an inch of the blanket like i just don't understand because aria is quirky <laughs> so am i no but aria it's like that's her whole personality how she's like yeah. weird and she reads like really intense philosophy which i'm sorry no one likes no i'm sorry you she didn't you're read lying any of that she like read it. the goodreads review yeah <laughs> literally no 16 year old girl is reading like Ran errand. I can <laughs> pronounce that's it. That's definitely not it. <laughs> right. I don't know, but whatever. whatever. <laughs> infinite jest. Whoever fucking wrote infinite yeah. jest. No teenage girl is reading that and actually liking it. You're no. Just, you're but I will say, I did actually look up on Etsy like knitted bras after I read this because I want one. No, but I want one. <laughs> I want one right now. <laughs> I bet they're so. Ari even admits that they're so itchy though. But Why that's just because it's one? too small. Whatever. No. Let's move on. No. No, they're just itchy. So, Hannah. Okay, so Hannah's storyline pretty much revolves around her relationship with her dad, or lack thereof. Um, After Allie's funeral, he shows back up in her life, and her dad has been 100% estranged from her for, like, years and years now. Like, three years. Pretty much since Allie disappeared, um, besides, like, birthday checks in the mail and stuff. Okay, so Hannah seems super excited for the prospect of her and her dad reconnecting because, for lack of a better phrase, she has some serious daddy issues. Um, Hannah is still pining over her ex-boyfriend, Sean, um, and despite how Sean sort of agrees to go to Foxy with her, um, Maria, you think that he only agreed to show up. Yeah, I mean, he said he was going alone with some guys, and then she said that she was going to go alone by herself with Mona, and then she was like, save a dance for me. So I took that as, like... They're not going together, but they might hang out while they're there. Yeah, I think that's, like, true. But I think in Hannah's, like, point of view, she was like, we're going together. Mm-hmm. So I, I still don't think it's a big deal that she, like, chose a night in Philly with her dad over meeting Sean at that dance. Because that really shows kind of mm-hmm. where her priorities lay. Um, so Hannah's also forced to start volunteering at Sean's mother's doctor's office, which is for burn victims. Um, which is not a coincidence that Jenna is a burn victim, as we know more details about now, um, that also Hannah was involved in that burn accident. Um, but she has to work there or volunteer there to make up for her crashing Sean's dad's car, which we talked about in the last episode. Um, while she was volunteering there, she slipped some Percocets into her pocket for, quote-unquote, a fun weekend with Mona, which comes into play a little later. <clears throat> and also, while volunteering there... She runs into Mona, but neither of them, like, are honest with each other about why they're there. And she has some issues with Mona throughout the book, just, like, lying to each other. And um, Mona's upset, like, that Hannah's keeping secrets. And, like, she's not really making time for Mona's friendship. And Mm -hmm. Mona's, like, starting to sense that. And um, another thing is, like, she's just lying to Mona about, like, where she is and what she's up to and, like, what's been bothering her and stuff like that. Yeah, agreed. Um, she also goes in, like, visits V Club, which Sean is a part of, which stands for Virginity Club, and then lies to Mona about going there. Um, so a bunch of just stuff, shady things with Hannah is going on. Um, so, like, really her story cum- cum- culminates with <laughs> the Foxy night. Um, she skips Foxy to go to Philly for the weekend with her dad, um... But actually, her stepmother and her stepsister also show up, which Hannah is super upset about because she thought it was going to be, like, 
some one-on-one -on -one time with her dad and Hannah does not like her stepmother or her stepsister for probably obvious reasons. And when her dad invited her to go to Philly, he was like, I really want to spend time with you. Like he made it seem like it was just going to be them. So she was like really excited for the weekend. That's why she skipped Foxy, which like you said, was a big deal that she skipped mm -hmm. the opportunity to hang out with Sean to be with her dad. So it was like a slap in the face when he basically begged her to hang out with him in Philly and then invited his fiance and his practically stepdaughter. Yeah, and also Hannah has, like, bad experiences with um, Kate and Isabel, her stepmother, because um, her last, like, visit with them is when her eating disorder really started. It was from, based out of off a comment from her dad calling her a little piggy when she started um, really getting, like, bad bulimia. Mm -hmm. um, and so she just is, like, obviously, like, triggered. has, is triggered by them. Um, so she has, she really doesn't like Kate, who's her stepsister, but actually at first Kate seems to be like a really an ally to Hannah and when Hannah gets a text from A that Sean is at Foxy with another girl which happens to be Arya but Hannah doesn't know that um Kate offers to cover for her but then accuses Hannah of giving her Percocet the one because Kate sees it in Hannah's perks and asks for it and then goes to her mom and um Hannah's dad saying that Hannah's a drug addict and basically mm -hmm. like forced Percocet on her so Hannah gets back to Philly after Steph goes down at Foxy and Kate, her dad, and Isabel are all there like waiting to have an intervention and then Hannah's mom comes and things pretty much blow up. They all have a huge fight. Hannah goes home and then wakes up the next morning to Officer Wilden, practically naked, towel wrapped around his, his waist in her bathroom. <laughs> and while they're talking, he gets a call that they have found a body, another body. Um, and this is after there was some stuff going down at um, Foxy with Emily. So we're about to get into that. Yes. So I will talk about Emily a little bit. So throughout the book, Emily's dealing with her feelings for Maya St. Germain, um, which kind of culminated in the first book. And at the beginning of the book, she breaks up with Maya, although they were never really official. She just says, like, I'm not ready for this. Like, I don't want to do this. I'm not a lesbian. Blah, blah, blah. So she's going to give being straight another try. And so she's really going through a lot of self-discovery in this book. And she attempts to quit swim practice, which was something that Maya sort of convinced her to do. Or quit swim, not swim practice. Yeah. And um, at... Yeah. But also, like, swimming is, like, a huge deal in her family. Mm -hmm. So, like, her, like, even attempting to quit swimming is just, like, a huge, Rebellion. like... Rebellion. Yeah. It, it just shows that Emily is really, like trying to be brave and trying or is being brave yeah. with like finding herself which really is like a huge step forward from what Emily was in the previous book right and she's like super close with her swim coach and so it was super hard for her to even go to her swim coach and be like I don't want to swim anymore but then her swim coach actually offers her um the spot as captain and so Emily's like really flattered and she knows that her siblings who swam too like never got that position so she accepts knowing that like she wants to give it another try and that her parents will be really proud of her. Mm -hmm. So then, um, basically, Emily's boyfriend is still, like, butthurt about, like, finding... Ex-boyfriend. Ex-boyfriend. He see he saw Maya and her kissing at um, Noel Khan's party in the last book, so he's still really upset about that. And so he, like, assaults her several times in this book and, like, harasses her yeah. the whole time and, like, calls her a dyke and, like, he makes fun of her for kissing Maya the whole time. He's obviously just, like, toxic, but... Yeah, toxic masculinity at its finest. Yeah. Um, but basically, Emily becomes close with Toby Kavanaugh, who we, like, introduced at the beginning of the book, who um, is back in town from boarding school, <clears throat> and he, like, is going to the neighboring high school now. Mm -hmm. um, and he's, like, a lot cuter now, blah, 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 and she sort of starts taking interest in him after he protects her from Ben. As Ben is, like, assaulting her, he steps in and is like, stop. And then she ends up asking him to go to Foxy with her. And... So they go to the dance, and she has another run-in with Ben, where he basically assaults her again. And Maya watches it all go down, and Maya basically goes up to her and is like, I'll wait for you as long as it takes, like, for you to be comfortable with who you are. Um, so then Toby and Emily leave the dance, because they're sort of, like, over it. And in the car, Emily sort of confides in him and, like, basically tells Toby she's a lesbian and that she's had feelings for Allie and Maya. And Toby starts to get kind of pissed and is like, I hate Allie, like, I'm so glad she's dead. And so Emily starts freaking out, thinking that Toby's A. And she, like, hops out of the car, runs to her house. She basically takes Toby as saying, like, I am glad that Allie's dead is, like, I killed Allie. Mm -hmm. Which, I mean, who's to say if that's true yet? But... And he also definitely, she also definitely thinks Toby is A. So, like, at yeah. this point, I think she's a little bit more concerned about him being A than him killing Allie. I think 
a little bit later, she's okay, wait, maybe he did also kill Allie. Right. So she goes from, like, really liking Toby, like, confiding in him, thinking of him as, like, a really good friend, to literally thinking he's A and could have possibly <laughs> killed Allie. In, like, five seconds. Yeah, in literally five seconds. <laughs> a car ride. And they have a confrontation. She runs away, and she, um... He follows her back to her house. He's, like, banging on the door, like, let me in, let me explain. And basically, she hides from him, and then he runs away, and she sits on her front porch all night waiting for him to show back up. But also before that happens, she's like, I know what you did. Um, And he's like, how did you find out? I thought no one knew. Right. And then she's like, how could you do this to her? And he's... And he's, like, talking about a different incident, which we'll get into, but she... He thinks that she's talking, or she thinks that he's talking, like, confessing to killing yes. Allie, which yes. he's not. He's confessing to something different. Yes. Um, so Emily, like, leaves the night thinking that Toby just confessed to her that he did kill Allie. She's freaked out. All the phone lines are dead. And she ends up spending the night on the front porch, which is crazy, but mm-hmm. she, like, wants to protect herself. Anyway, so that's where all the characters are and kind of their own, like, plot points and we'll get into it a little bit more in a second um but first I want to ask like how was your reading experience with this book what were your thoughts and feelings after reading the second book in the series um well I was really excited to jump in just because I thought that this book would be a lot more of like the girls all hanging out together and sort of figuring out things together but I was disappointed to find that like they really didn't communicate much throughout this book it's only it kind of comes to a head at the end and they start to talk a bit more but it was still really kind of an individual character experience and then I also was sort of disappointed in like the pacing of the book because the first book I thought was really well paced but this book was just like kind of slow and I not much happened I felt like like there was like a couple things that happened but I feel like twice as many things could have happened just because last book there were so many different things like going on that I just felt like more could have fit in and I think this book was a little bit longer too so I was confused why it felt slower Maybe that was why. I don't know. But I still really enjoyed it. And I'm, like, definitely still excited to read the next book. Like, I still, like, finished it in a day. Like, it was easy to read. It was fun. But I did think that it moved a little slower than the first one or what I expected. So I have definitely similar opinions on, like, I wish that the girls were better friends. Like, it just frustrates me that, like, you get all their perspectives, but they just won't talk to each other. Mm -hmm. Like, they just won't, like, confide in each other. And especially since... Arya confides in Sean, and Emily confides in Toby. I'm just like, why can't you guys just talk to each other? So that's a... I think what bothers me, too, is, like, they were all friends at one point, so they do have that bond, like, and I just don't understand why they're all going through the exact same thing. Like, why can't they find it in themselves to, like, just be friends and talk about it? Yeah, I agree. Um, Also, I agree on, like, the plot pacing, and I think it's really interesting because I think that this whole book takes place over, like, a week. Mm -hmm. So, it's, like, a very short period of time for pretty much anything to happen, and the fact that so much happens in a week is really, like, Mm -hmm. staggering. And I think this book also is a lot more, like, internal monologue than the previous Mm -hmm. book. Like, I'm thinking of Arya specifically, where she just is, like constantly tormented about like should I tell my mom should I tell my mom like I think it's just a little bit more of like them dealing with their internal demons and like outward plot experiences and I also think these books are really good to read like one after the next because like you don't get much in one but connected Mm -hmm. they're like it's a lot yes and since they are so close in time like I was I was interested by how like the second book started one day after the first book. I was thinking there would be a little bit of a passage of time, but there wasn't at all. Yeah. It was, like, the next day, so it kind of threw me off. Even. Yeah, it literally picks up exactly where yeah. the, the second after it. I actually remember... I'm glad you brought that up because I remember when I first read the books, I did have to wait, like, a year in between reading them, mm-hmm. which is so weird to think about because, I mean, they did come out every year, which actually is a very short time to right. read and edit and publish a book. Um, but, like, I remember having to wait like a year in between reading them which honestly maybe is why I didn't finish the series Mm -hmm. because it was like just so frustrating being so into it it being so short and then just being like okay well I guess I'll have to wait 12 months to figure out what happens right and especially watching the show it's like what's happened in the first two books happens pretty much in the first like two or three episodes so it's like crazy having watched the show I'm like what we're two books in this is I've already seen all of this in the show like two episodes in you know Mm -hmm. so it's just crazy how like the pacing is so different but I I still really enjoyed it like I thought it was still really well written and like yeah yeah and I also do think the writing was still really good like I do think Sarah Shepard's amazing writer like her description and her use of like use of like taste and smell to describe like scenes is just so vivid Mm -hmm. 
and I did like the characters more um, since they were more developed so I'm excited just to continue reading and get like more knowledge about the characters and just like them more so I'm excited about that like I think that they are going to get better like character wise every book um, but I agree with you plot wise this was not as good yeah and I love too how she <clears throat> along with like sight and smell like her descriptions are really good but along with that she also always mentions like songs that yeah. are like playing in the background and I just I love that so much like there was like a Kanye West song I think it was like Gold Digger <laughs> or something and like just so many times I'm like she was really like in the scene thinking yeah, about it like, no I agree it was really interesting I think that I don't know just so much she also mentions like brands a lot like mm -hmm. Hannah mentions like oh my Chloe jacket that I wore yeah. last night was draped across the seat it's like that's just like such good imagery right. where it's like oh, you just feel like you're there so something I do think we need to discuss is just the events that take place at Foxy, the charity gala or whatever it is. And it's Okay. <laughs> and I think we also need to talk about like the events that happened the day after with Toby and all that. Okay, so we already discussed a little bit about like so Emily goes to dance with Toby, all of that happens. Um, but what we don't say is that the girls end up meeting up at Foxy because they are worried about Emily. Like Spencer has very strong suspicions that Toby is A, that Toby might have killed um, Allie. And Spencer sees Emily and Toby like enter the dance together and she's like, mm -hmm. oh my god, Toby's A, I have to alert everyone. I think Toby's going to try to kill all of us. And so, t so Spencer calls all the girls and is like, you have to, she calls Hannah, she's like, get to the dance. She gets Aria and she like alerts them of like, we need to find Emily ASAP and tell her like that Toby's A. Yes, so the girls are concerned about Emily. Spencer is definitely the most concerned because she knows the secret that the other girls don't mm -hmm. about Toby um which she ends up telling the girls the night of the dance so um basically the night of the Jenna thing um Spencer sees Allie right after that Allie shoots a firework into the treehouse and Allie does tell her that what she saw was Jenna touching or sorry Toby touching Jenna in an inappropriate way Basically, you're led to believe that he's molesting her, um, and Allie is so is. shocked that she, like, miss, miss, like, screws up the firework, and it go. it was a complete accident, which is what Allie says, of course, but that's the secret that Allie holds over Toby, which is why that Toby ends up confessing to the firework incident. So, Spencer knows this, and knows that Toby's a creep, so he thinks that Toby is going to kill all of them. Yeah, and she is just now alert three years later alerting the girls of this and so they're all like what the hell you didn't tell us this three years ago like we were just as much involved as you were blah 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 so they end up not being able to find emily and then you know we already explained what happened what goes down with emily and toby in the car and her getting chased by toby all that and so um in all of that basically spencer calls emily's house and emily is like i'm okay but yeah i think toby is a blah 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 the next day um when hannah awakes she sees, <laughs> she sees Officer, Wilden. Officer Wilden at her house and Wilden gets a call and it, the call is like, we found a dead body. And so she's like, oh my God, is it Emily? Like freaking out. Yes. And so all the girls meet up at Emily's house and they, Emily is not dead, but Emily tells them that Toby was found dead in like the forest or, you know. Woods, right woods. behind Emily's house. Yeah. And there was apparently, like we said, we don't know if all this is true yet. I'm sure it will come to fruition in the next book, but the there was a note a suicide note attached to toby i believe mm -hmm. or yes quote yes. unquote toby's body and the note basically admitted to um this, touching jenna yeah doing this to jenna but he so the girls are like okay he didn't kill ally but yes. he probably was a yes yes um so emily's freaked out because she's like, okay well toby was innocent of what i accused him of maybe it was my fault that he's dead because toby ends up they think that Toby died of overdosing. So did he kill himself? Like, was it my fault? Um, was I, like, the only person that he, like, trusted? And I threw that to the wind. Um, however, at the end of the book, um, Emily... It is Emily, right? Yeah. Who gets a final text from A. Yes. So we know that either maybe Toby isn't dead or maybe Toby just isn't A. Yeah, so we, the final text from A is... And I will find it just right now. I will. <laughs> the final text from A is, Poor confused Emily. I bet you could use a big warm girl hug right now, huh? Don't get too comfortable. It's not over until I say it is. A. So, yeah. So we know that, like, anything.
everything they thought the entire book was actually <laughs> wrong. not true. So, um, yeah. So I think now's a good time to kind of head into our questions. And if you want to just start with the one about Toby, I feel like that makes most sense. And we're just talking okay. about it. So did Toby actually die? LOL. LOL. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I guess we're sort of... We don't know. I, I don't think that Toby actually died just based off the show, but I know that the show is very different from the book, so... But I still don't think Toby actually died. I think, like, it would be too easy, kind of. Mm-hmm. Like, there it, there just seems like so much we don't know still about him and his character, and it, like it's like he came back for what? He befriended Emily for what? He just seems too good to have done the things that he has been accused of. Yeah, I agree. I, I don't think Toby died, and I actually seriously don't remember if he died or not in the books, which... Maybe kind of leads me to believe he did die because he either plays a very much smaller role in the books than he did in the show or I just don't remember. Yeah. I, I Based off of this book, I just don't think he died because even like when they're discussing the body in the woods, they only say like they found a body, he was blue, but they never like see his dead body. They never like, and it ends on too much of a cliffhanger that I think that yeah. he just overdosed and is going to be in the hospital. It's just not clear enough and there's not enough like, I don't know. It just doesn't seem legit. Yeah. So hopefully we'll see Toby again in the next book because I think that he is a pretty good character. Totally. Adding some con- or, um, dimension to the show. I'm a team Toby well, for sure. <laughs> no, I'm not. Okay. okay. Um... <laughs> So, what is your favorite liar of the book? Or, like, a specific moment? Yeah, so I have my favorite liar, and then I have my favorite moment, and those are two different things. Okay. So, my favorite liar... Whatever. Okay. My favorite liar is definitely Arya in this book, just because I feel like she's dealing with such an enormous amount of things, like, of hell (laughs) to go through, and I just feel really... I just really sympathize with her, but I also... I just feel like she, I just love her. I think she was just the most fun to read this book. She was like, she started a new thing with a guy. Like she was just, I feel like we got to know her really well. And I just felt like she handled things really like in an adult way for her age. Like even though she didn't tell her mom, she was had every intention of telling her mom about the um, affair. And she just like was trying to protect her brother. And I don't know. I think like I feel sympathy for Hannah in that like, Aria, her old friend, is dating her ex-boyfriend, but I also feel like, okay, we're all moving on. Like, yeah. Let Aria have her chance. And also, like, Aria and Sean are really compatible, so, like, do what you want, I guess, Aria. Go off. Um, a point that I kind of want to talk about Aria, since you brought her up, is I am really interested in your thoughts on, like, so Aria has, like, a pretty intense, like, panic attack um, yes. during this book, and... I go back and forth between thinking that the panic attack was a little bit trivialized and also, like, props to Sarah Shepard to normalizing anxiety and panic attacks. Yeah. You know, like, so I, I don't know if it's, like, if she did it in a way that it's, like, oh, these are something that happens to everyone. It's not that big of a deal. You should be able to talk openly with your friends mm-hmm. and family about it. Or if it's, like, they're not that big of a deal. No one should be that stressed about them. No, yeah. I, like, get where your concern is, but I, I want to say that they're not trivialized and just that, like, I, I want to see how they're, um, you know, used in the future books because mm-hmm. I wonder if she'll, if this will be a reoccurring thing for her, like, if it's yeah. just one and done or if it's, like, something that she continues to struggle with. Uh-huh. But I also, like, appreciate that she has this panic attack in front of Sean and then he's, like my mom or my stepmom also had panic attacks so it's like we I think like in that sense she's kind of like normalizing it and then she's like oh not just Arya had not this like random quirky girl has panic attacks every once in a while it's like oh this is something that people struggle with like and I also think her coping mechanism of like singing for a Jaka and like (laughs) just like calming herself down she's obviously like been I think that's a sign that she's been through this before and she does say that like yeah and I think like seeing dark spots like from what I, like, know about panic attacks, like, I think that's a common thing, like, yeah. you know, like, visually and visual impairment and stuff, and so I think, like, she has been through this, and she's found coping mechanisms, and I think that, like, in a sense, that means she's been through it before, and that, like, Sarah Shepard kind of knows what she's talking about, mm-hmm. I think. So coping mechanisms kind of goes into my favorite liar, because I think that mine, honestly, is Hannah, mm-hmm. because I think that, honestly, her going from her obsession with Sean and getting him back. And I think that she is still, like, a little, like, focused on Sean this book, but transferring that to her dad, I think that she is starting to understand more of where her insecurities lie, and they are definitely with her dad and his pretty much abandonment of her. And I also think that 
it really says a lot about her, about how she trusts Kate, even after her first interaction with her, how mm -hmm. she is still willing to think that Kate's on her side. And, like, although she isn't excited to see Kate and Isabel, she's still like, okay, well, maybe Kate can be a friend to me. Maybe this mm -hmm. isn't as bad as I was thinking. Like, I think that that's just really, like, a growing moment for Hannah, even though it, it ends in shit with her. Like, I think Hannah is going to come off as, like, the better person at the end of the day, or at least I'd hope that. Um... I think that, like, Hannah's really unique in that she knows what it's like to be, like, weird or different mm -hmm. or not liked because I think, like, the other girls haven't really gone through that, especially, like, even Emily in this book. Like, she talks about how when people when Ben starts making fun of her for being a lesbian, that's the first time she's ever felt, like, different or ever felt anyone make fun of her. And I'm just, like, thinking of Hannah. It's, like, that's all she's really ever known. And so I think, like, she has a really unique perspective, too, in the books. Like, because she, like she's more willing to people to give people like a second chance and to give people the benefit of a doubt of the doubt of a doubt yeah that's a really good point like even when emily like apologizes to Je um, jenna like saying like i'm so sorry for how we treated you like hannah immediately stepped up saying like yeah like, mm -hmm. i'm really sorry too and i also think that like hannah um oh, okay i also will say like my favorite part of the book i don't know if you want to say yours first no go ahead um, honestly, my favorite part of the book, though, is Spencer, like, telling Melissa about her relationship with Ren, because I think that, like, I honestly just dislike Spencer for so much of the book. I was so frustrated with her for causing her own problems, but her being so mad at her family for treating her bad when she really, like, betrayed her sister, and then, like, continuing to, like, make her problems worse, worse by seeing Ren, by failing, her, failing school or whatever. Mm -hmm. And yeah, in the book, she's basically, like, no, I'm just, I'm done with this. She tells Melissa, I've been seeing Ren, but it's over. And although that eventually gets thrown back in her face, I think that is really, like, a strong growing moment for Spencer totally. to just realize that, like, secret, it's not worth keeping secrets anymore. Like, I just need to come clean. Like, all that, like, I need, the stress isn't worth it. Like, Yeah, I would have never guessed that she would come clean about that. Agreed. And agreed. I think that's, like, just as real, like, shows, like, your really strength and character, honestly. Because, like, a lot of people wouldn't do that. Yes, I agree. Like, especially since the relationship was over. Like, mm -hmm. I would expect her to be yeah. like, okay, well, it's over. I don't need to tell Melissa now. Exactly. But the fact that it was over and she still chose to tell Melissa is just really, like, a really good point. Right, for her, 100%. So, my favorite part of the book is not really, like, it's more just how I like, I like the writing of this part. So, I'm going to read it because I like it a lot and it's really short. So, um... To Emily, microwave popcorn always smelled better than it tasted, and despite her lack of appetite, her stomach growled. She thought, Toby will never smell microwave popcorn again. Neither would Allie. And I just think that's really, like, I just love that. I, I got the chills when I read it for the first time. I just think it's, like, I don't know. I just think that's a really unique way to think about, like, their deaths is, like, they don't get to enjoy, like, the little things that the girls still get to enjoy. And, like, I feel like Emily kind of can recognize um her privilege mm -hmm. maybe more than the other <laughs> girls alive <laughs> yeah they like she just like appreciates things in a different way like i yeah think, like that's what i like about her and also that's such like a pure way to think about death so that's like cute. so heartbreaking though that it's, it's like so sad she, she's not old enough to like really understand the nuance of like all the things that they may not experience in their lives but she can understand like they just won't smell microwave popcorn again. Mm -hmm. and, and she's that's... had, like, a hell of a night. Like, she's literally had one of, like, the worst nights of her life, and her sister makes her popcorn, and she, like, doesn't even really like the taste of it, but she, like, can recognize, like, that's just, like, a simple thing that she loves that they yeah. get to experience. Yeah. Also, like, that's really true to Emily's character, how, like, she's had a hell of a night, but she's not sitting around moping mm -hmm. because of how much of a horrible night she's had. Like, mm -hmm. she just is thinking about the people who are gone, you right. know? And even after, like, her finding out this horrible secret about Toby. I also will say, like, Emily... Honestly, I think all of them had huge growth in this book, at least compared totally. to the first book, where Emily sits outside and is like, Toby has my house keys. He can get it if he wants to. So I'm just going to confront him. Mm -hmm. I'm just going to, like, sit in my front porch, and if he comes, he comes when I'm ready for him. Yeah, She totally. has her baseball bat, and, like, Aria... <laughs> And Arya, like, sits up and waits for her parents to come home. Like, I think all of the... They're, like, all really mature. Yeah. And I think that this... Kind end, of. Like, the end of this book is, like, really, like, the turning point for a lot of them, at least when they're, like, deeper secrets where it's, like, you know what? I don't care what happens now. I just have to face what's coming. Totally. I'm, like, really eager for the next book because I just, like, hope they'll be friends in the next one. Me too. Or I just feel closer. like there's no way they can't. I'm just, like, sick of them not being best friends. It sucks. Mm-hmm. Ugh.
Okay, I think we should discuss a little bit about how um, Sarah Shepard deals with Hannah's eating disorder in this book, because I think it was something we talked about a little bit last time. We were eager to see how it was continued on in this book. Um, so I'd love to hear your opinions, because it is something that they talk a lot about in this book, especially since, like, she's dealing with her reconnecting with her dad, and it's bringing up a lot of, like, her old feelings of, like, when she really started her... Um, yeah her bulimia um yeah so how do you think that was like portrayed and dealt with and like just your opinions on that um well I really admire how she's like trying to check herself like she's trying to not use bulimia as a coping mechanism throughout the book I feel like and she does succeed in like stopping herself from doing it for a while but then when her dad gets back in town it's like all bets are off and the second that she feels triggered, she starts doing it again. But I do feel like she knows that it's a bad behavior and, like, she's trying to stop it. She knows that it's not helping her, but she, like, she's sick. She, like, can't help it, you know? So I feel like I just want a friend to know. I want, like, a friend of... I want one of the girls, the liars, to know and to help her, like, stop because she's not going to be able to stop on her own, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know. I feel like it was dealt with in from what I know, a realistic way, and, um, yeah. Yeah, I actually agree with everything you just said. Like, I think that the the way they portray it as Hannah knowing she has a problem and attempting to deal with it on her own is relatively a healthy way to portray a a disease like that. Um, Like, I I think that if she was willy-nilly like oh yeah I'm gonna make myself throw up it's just like a fun way to lose weight I think that was that would be where like there would be a problem but her bulimia is rooted in like stress Mm -hmm. and just like doubt more than it is even like or just like loss of control Mm -hmm. way more than it ever is about like losing weight and that is where the root of like most eating disorders lay so I think that it is an overall like pretty good um portrayal in my opinion of course it's coming from someone who like really obviously has a struggle with bulimia um so I I mean I don't know I would like to hear I I think that it could go either way I think it's just difficult when you have four perspectives in a relatively short book to really dive deep into issues like that but I think that overall Sarah Shepard does do a good job yeah I agree so something I do think we need to discuss is just the events that take place at Foxy, the charity gala or whatever it is. And Dance. I, okay. <laughs> and I think we also need to talk about like the events that happened the day after with Toby and all that. Okay, so we already discussed a little bit about like so Emily goes to the dance with Toby, all of that happens, um, but what we don't say is that the girls end up meeting up at Foxy because they are worried about Emily. Like, Spencer has very strong suspicions that Toby is A, that Toby might have killed um, Allie. And Spencer sees Emily and Toby, like, enter the dance together, and she's like, mm-hmm. oh my god, Toby's A, I have to alert everyone, I think Toby's going to try to kill all of us. And so, t- so Spencer calls all the girls and is like, you have to, she calls Hannah, she's like, get to the dance, she gets... Aria and she like alerts them of like we need to find Emily ASAP and tell her like that Toby's A. Yes so the girls are concerned about Emily. Spencer is definitely the most concerned because she knows the secret that the other girls don't Mm -hmm. about Toby um which she ends up telling the girls night of the dance so um basically the night of the Jenna thing um Spencer sees Allie right after that Allie shoots a firework into the treehouse and Allie does tell her that what she saw was Jenna touching, or sorry, Toby touching Jenna in an inappropriate way. Basically, you're led to believe that he's molesting her. Um, and Allie is so is. shocked that she, like, miss, miss, like, screws up the firework and it go. It was a complete accident, which is what Allie says, of course. But that's the secret that Allie holds over Toby, which is why that Toby ends up confessing to the firework incident. So Spencer knows this and knows that Toby's a creep, so he thinks that Toby is going to kill all of them. Yeah, and she is just now, alert three years later, alerting the girls of this. And so they're all like, what the hell? You didn't tell us this three years ago. Like, we were just as much involved as you were, blah, blah, blah. So they end up not being able to find Emily. And then, you know, we already explained what happened, what goes on with Emily and Toby in the car and her getting chased by Toby, all that. And so 
Um, in all of that, basically Spencer calls Emily's house and Emily is like, I'm okay, but yeah, I think Toby is a blah, blah, blah. The next day, um, when Hannah awakes, she sees, <laughs> she sees Officer, Wilden. Officer Wilden at her house and Wilden gets a call and it, the call is like, we found a dead body. And so she's like, oh my God, is it Emily like freaking out? Yes. And so all the girls meet up at Emily's house and they, Emily is not dead, but Emily tells them that Toby was found dead in like the forest or, you know. Woods, right Woods. behind Emily's house. Yeah, and there was apparently, like we said, we don't know if all this is true yet. I'm sure it will come to fruition in the next book. But the there was a note, a suicide note attached to Toby, I believe. Mm-hmm. Or yes. quote yes. unquote Toby's body. And the note basically admitted to... Um, this, Touching Jenna. Yeah, doing this to Jenna. But he... So the girls are like, okay, he didn't kill Allie. But yes. he probably was A. Yes. Yes. Um, so Emily's freaked out because she's like, okay, well, Toby was innocent of what I accused him of. Maybe it was my fault that he's dead because Toby ends up, they think that Toby died of overdosing. So did he kill himself? Like, was it my fault? Um, was I, like, the only person that he, like, trusted and I threw that to the wind? Um, however, at the end of the book, um, Emily, it is Emily, right? Yeah. Who gets a final text from A. Yes. So we know that either maybe Toby isn't dead or maybe Toby just isn't A. Yeah. So the final text from A is, and I will find it just right now, I will. (laughs) (laughs) The final text from A is, poor confused Emily, I bet you could use a big warm girl hug right now, huh? Don't get too comfortable. It's not over until I say it is. A. So, yeah, so we know that, like, anything they thought the entire book was actually (laughs) wrong. not true. So, um, yeah, so I think now's a good time to kind of head into our questions, and if you want to just start with the one about Toby, I feel like that makes most sense, and we're just talking about it. Okay, so did Toby actually die? Uh, (laughs) LOL. Yeah, so I guess we're sort of, we don't know. I I don't think that Toby actually died just based off the show, but I know that the show's very different from the book, so... But I still don't think Toby actually died. I think, like, it would be too easy, kind of. Mm-hmm. Like, there it, there just seems like so much we don't know still about him and his character. And, it, like, it's like he came back for what? He befriended Emily for what? He just seems too good to have done the things that he has been accused of. Yeah, I agree. I, I don't think Toby died. And I actually seriously don't remember if he died or not in the books. Which maybe kind of leads me to believe he did die. Because he either plays a very much smaller role in the books than he did in the show or I just don't remember yeah I I, based off of this book I just don't think he died because even like when they're discussing the body in the woods they only say like they found a body he was blue but they never like see his dead body they never like and it ends on too much of a cliffhanger that I think that he just overdosed and is going to be in the hospital it's just not clear enough and there's not enough like I don't know it just doesn't seem legit. Yeah. So hopefully we'll see Toby again in the next book because I think that he is a pretty good character. Totally. Adding some con- or, um, dimension to the show. I'm a team Toby well, for sure. <laughs> no, I'm not. Okay. okay. Um, <laughs> so what is your favorite liar of the book? Or like I a think, specific moment? Yeah, so I have my favorite liar and then I have my favorite moment and those are two different things. Okay. So my favorite allowed, liar, whatever. Okay, my favorite liar is definitely Arya in this book, just because I feel like she's dealing with such an enormous amount of things, like of hell <laughs> to go through, and yeah. I just feel really, I just really sympathize with her. But I also, I just feel like she, I just love her. I think she was just the most fun to read this book. She was like, she started a new thing with a guy. Like she was just, I feel like we got to know her really well, and I just felt like she handled things really. Ad- like, in an adult way for her age. Like, even though she didn't tell her mom, she was had every intention of telling her mom about the um, affair, and she just, like, was trying to protect her brother. And I don't know. I think, like, I feel sympathy for Hannah in that, like, Aria, her old friend, is dating her ex-boyfriend, but I also feel like, okay, we're all moving on. Like, yeah. let Aria have her chance. And also, like, Aria and Sean are really compatible, so, like, do what you want, I guess, Aria. Go off. Um... A point that I kind of want to talk about Arya since you brought her up is I am really interested in your thoughts on like so Arya has like a pretty intense like panic attack um, yes. during this book and I go back and forth between thinking that the panic attack was a little bit trivialized and also like props to Sarah Shepard 
to normalizing anxiety and panic attacks. Yeah. You know, like, so I, I don't know if it's like, if she did it in a way that it's like, oh, these are something that happens to everyone. It's not that big of a deal. You should be able to talk openly with your friends mm-hmm. and family about it. Or if it's like, they're not that big of a deal. No one should be that stressed about them. No, yeah. I, like, get where your concern is, but I, I want to say that they're not trivialized and just that, like, I, I want to see how they're, um, you know, used in the future books. Because mm-hmm. I wonder if she'll, if this will be a reoccurring thing for her. Like, if it's yeah. just one and done or if it's, like, something that she continues to struggle with. Uh-huh. But I also, like, appreciate that she has this panic attack in front of Sean and then he's, like my mom or my stepmom also had panic attacks so it's like we i think like in that sense she's kind of like normalizing it and then she's like oh not just aria had not this just like random quirky girl has panic attacks every once in a while it's like oh this is something that people struggle with like and i also think her coping mechanism of like singing for ajaka and like <laughs> just like calming herself down she's obviously like been i think that's a sign that she's been through this before and she does say that like she, yeah and i think true. like seeing dark spots like from what I, like, know about panic attacks, like, I think that's a common thing, like, yeah. you know, like, visually and visual impairment and stuff, and so I think, like, she has been through this, and she's found coping mechanisms, and I think that, like, in a sense, that means she's been through it before, and that, like, Sarah Shepard kind of knows what she's talking about, mm-hmm. I think. So coping mechanisms kind of goes into my favorite liar, because I think that mine, honestly, is Hannah, mm-hmm. because I think that, honestly, her going from her obsession with Sean and getting him back, and I think that she is still, like, a little, like, focused on Sean this book, but transferring that to her dad, I think that she is starting to understand more of where her insecurities lie, and they are definitely with her dad and his pretty much abandonment of her. And I also think that it really says a lot about her, about how she trusts Kate, even after her first interaction with her, how Mm -hmm. she is still willing to think that Kate's on her side, and, like, Although she isn't excited to see Kate and Isabel, she's still like, okay, well, maybe Kate can be a friend to me. Maybe this mm-hmm. isn't as bad as I was thinking. Like, I think that that's just really, like, a growing moment for Hannah, even though it, it ends in shit with her. Like, I think Hannah is going to come off as, like, the better person at the end of the day, or at least I'd hope that. Um, I think that, like, Hannah's really unique in that she knows what it's like to be, like, weird or different mm-hmm. or not liked because I think, like, the other girls haven't really gone through that, especially, like... Even Emily in this book, like, she talks about how when people, when Ben starts making fun of her for being a lesbian, that's the first time she's ever felt, like, different or ever felt anyone make fun of her. And I'm just, like, thinking of Hannah. It's, like, that's all she's really ever known. And so I think, like, she has a really unique perspective, too, in the books. Like, because she, like, she's more willing to people, to give people, like, a second chance and to give people the benefit of a doubt, of the doubt, of a doubt. Yeah, that's a really good point. Like, even when Emily, like, apologizes to um, Jenna, like, saying, like, I'm so sorry for how we treated you, like, Hannah immediately stepped up saying, like, yeah, Mm -hmm. I'm really sorry, too. And I also think that, like, Hannah, um, or, okay, I also will say, like, my favorite part of the book, I don't know if you want to say yours first. No, go ahead. Um, Honestly, my favorite part of the book, though, is Spencer, like, telling Melissa about her relationship with Ren. Because I think that, like, I honestly just dislike Spencer for so much of the book. I was so frustrated with her for causing her own problems. But her being so mad at her family for treating her bad when she really, like, betrayed her sister. And then, like, continuing to, like, make her problems worse worse by seeing Ren, by failing failing school or whatever. Mm -hmm. And, yeah, in the book, she's basically like, no, I'm just, I'm done with this. She tells Melissa, I've been seeing Ren, but it's over. And although that eventually gets thrown back in her face, I think that is really, like, a strong growing moment for Spencer totally. to just realize that, like, secret, it's not worth keeping secrets anymore. Like, I just need to come clean. Like, all that, like I need, the stress isn't worth it. Like Yeah, I would have never guessed that she would come clean about that. Agreed. And Agreed. I think that's, like, just as real, like, shows, like, your really strength and character, honestly. Because, like, a lot of people wouldn't do that. Yes, I agree. Like, especially since the relationship was over. Like, mm-hmm. I would expect her to be yeah. like, okay, well, it's over. I don't need to tell Melissa now. Exactly. But the fact that it was over and she still chose to tell Melissa is just really, like, a really good point. Right, for her, 100%. So, my favorite part of the book is not really, like, it's more just how I like, I like the writing of this part. So, I'm going to read it because I like it a lot and it's really short. So, um, to Emily, microwave popcorn always smelled better than it tasted. And despite her lack of appetite, her stomach growled, she thought... Toby will never smell microwave popcorn again. Neither would Allie. And I just think that's really, like, I just love that. I I got the chills when I read it for the first time. I just think it's, like, 
I don't know. I just think that's a really unique way to think about, like, their deaths is, like, they don't get to enjoy, like, the little things that the girls still get to enjoy. And, like, I feel like Emily kind of can recognize um, her privilege mm-hmm. maybe more than the other <laughs> girls. alive. <laughs> yeah. They, like, she just, like, appreciates things in a different way. Like, I feel yeah. like that's what I like about her. And also that's such, like, a pure way to think about death. So that's, cute. like, so heartbreaking, though. That it's, it's like, so sad. She, she's not old enough to, like, really understand the nuance of, like, all the things that they may not experience in their lives, but she can understand, like, they just won't smell microwave popcorn again. Mm-hmm. And, and she's that's... had, like, a hell of a night. Like, she's literally had one of, like, the worst nights of her life, and her sister makes her popcorn, and she, like, doesn't even really like the taste of it, but she, like, can recognize, like, that's just, like, a simple thing that she loves that they yeah. won't get to experience. Yeah. Also, like, that's really true to Emily's character, how, like, she's had a hell of a night, but she's not sitting around moping mm-hmm. because of how much of a horrible night she's had. Like, mm-hmm. she just is thinking about the people who are gone, you know? And even after, like, her finding out this horrible secret about Toby. I also will say, like, Emily... Honestly, I think all of them had huge growth in this book, at least compared to the first book, where Emily sits outside and is like, Toby has my house keys. He can get it if he wants to. So I'm just going to confront him. Mm -hmm. I'm just going to, like, sit in my front porch, and if he comes, he comes when I'm ready for him. Yeah. She has her baseball bat, and, like, Aria... (laughs) And Aria, like, sits up and waits for her parents to come home. Like, I think all of the... They're, like, all really mature. Yeah, and I think that this... Like, the end of this book is, like, really, like, the turning point for a lot of them, at least in their, like, deeper secrets, where it's, like, you know what? I don't care what happens now. I just have to face what's coming. Totally. I'm, like, really eager for the next book because I just, like, hope they'll be friends in the next one. Me too. Or I just feel like there's no way they can't. I'm just, like, sick of them not being best friends. It sucks. Mm-hmm. Ugh. Okay, so which storyline or, like, liar in this book do you think, like, is the most stressful would you, like, not want to be? I don't know. I have a hard time. I'm debating between um, Arya and Hannah. Who do you think? I think Arya for me I'm just thinking about like I don't know at least Arya like still has both of her parents like involved in her life yeah I'm just thinking about like Hannah like one of her parents is like completely starting a new family and like the other family hates her and is horrible and then she doesn't even have a boyfriend like think about Arya starting this new thing with this guy Mm -hmm. like Arya Hannah's already feeling insecure about like how she looks but not just that but also like the guy that she likes won't even like speak to her and then her other friend Mona who she's like had this friendship with isn't even talking to her like she doesn't have really anyone and then her mom who's like always been on her side is like having sleeping with like the cop in the town who's like out to get her out to get her and she just like has no one I feel like yeah I agree I guess maybe Hannah I don't know I think they're honestly all kind of equally bad because I think you can make an argument for any of them like Spencer at least at the end of the book literally has no one Mm-hmm. Her sister has like completely turned against her. Her parents. But that's why I'm her. like, can't they just all be friends because they yeah. don't they realize they have each other? <laughs> Except yeah. for Hannah doesn't even really have Arya because Arya's like Yeah with her boyfriend. Her boyfriend. But also like that's not fair for Arya because not like her and Hannah are friends, so it's yeah. like whatever. But I just feel like I feel like I feel the worst for Hannah yeah. in this book. Yeah, I agree. Um so we also wonder if Toby was actually molesting Jenna or if they were having a consensual relationship or if Jenna was like forcing Toby to sexually interact with her. (laughs) I don't know. Because I I don't know. Should I talk about the show? Yeah. Because in the show we find out that Jenna was like forcing Toby on her. And so that's, like, influencing what I think might happen with the book. But I don't know if, like, they changed it or if it's different. See, I think that it was the same way in the book. Like, I, but I can't remember if the show was influencing my thoughts on that thing. Yeah. So, so I'm I, interested to see, like, me what too. actually happens with that. Me too. And I'm just so interested in to see, like, just, like, a lot of things with Toby. Like, I don't know if Toby was actually spying on them that night. Because mm-hmm. once again, Allie was the only one who saw him peeking through the window, like, Maybe he was just walking by and Allie saw a good excuse. I don't think he was. Like, I just don't trust Allie with pretty much anything at this point. Like, I think that she was just such a manipulative friend. Yeah, and she knew so much. Like, she was always trying to, you know, change the story to favor her. Yeah, agreed. So, I don't know. And also just, like, the the whole idea of, like, Toby, like, molesting or, like, whatever their relationship was. I mean, it was sort of incest them being yeah sep- I, don't, I don't really know what the definition of incest is but them being sepsister step siblings like is that 
I mean, I would say no, but, yeah. like, I guess when you're that age, maybe, like, because they were in, like, so Jenna was in sixth grade, he was in seventh grade, so at that age, it's, like, you're more siblings, kind of. Yeah, espe- yeah, especially since I'm sure that their parents, like, just didn't just get married. Yeah. So but, it's, like, like, just to clarify, they aren't blood-related, so, like, yeah. it's not, it's technically yeah. not incest. anyways um yeah so i think we want to end with like some would you rather questions Mm -hmm. just like we did last week or not last week last episode yeah and so um okay let's just hop in would you rather um have so pause i messed up what i was saying she knows like one who none of those people are Okay, would you rather have Meredith, Darren, or Isabel as your step-parent? Honestly, I'm, I haven't thought about this. I think probably... I think probably Meredith. I think we don't know that much about her yet. Like, I know from, like, Ari's perspective, she's, like, ruining their marriage and, like, all of this stuff. But, like, Ari even makes comments multiple times throughout the book saying, like, Meredith, Meredith and I would probably be friends if it wasn't for, like her dad cheating Mm-mm-mm-mm. and I, I i don't yeah okay whatever you can you can argue your side please but i think i would maybe choose meredith okay hell no <laughs> i would like i would choose anyone but meredith just because okay darren and isabel they have both like they're both in the relationship with their parents and their parents aren't married like meredith is cheating like She's, Isabel is a she's bitch. sneaking her way. Isabel's a bitch, and I would actually choose Darren. But he's because so men creepy. don't know what they're talking. No, he's so creepy. No, Stop. he's. Can I have my opinion? No, <laughs> no. I'm sorry. I would still rather Darren over Meredith because Meredith is a stone cold bitch, and also Meredith is weaseling her way into their family. She's her dad is married. Arya's dad is married. Like I would rather a parent consensually get into a relationship with someone when they're not married. Like, I'm sorry. And so Darren or Isabel, I would honestly probably choose Isabel just because I feel like, I don't know. I wouldn't want a stepsister, though. So maybe Darren just because, who cares? He's so creepy. He can stay out of your way, though. Who cares? He's creepy, but like. Meredith can stay out of your way. No, she won't. Mm -mm. She's not You don't know that Darren will? I would, I'm just saying my opinion, I would choose Darren or Isabel hands down of over Meredith anyway. Okay, well, I'm saying my opinion. You okay. will not have my opinion. Yeah, I will. No, you haven't. <laughs> Stop. Okay, would you rather date Sean or Toby? Toby, of course. He's hot. He's bad. He, he molested his question that he, he molested his stepsister. No, he didn't. He did not. And Navy is A. Okay, off of this book, okay. you can't use your, you cannot use your future knowledge. I'm He's not using my future knowledge. I'm using my... Book. You're interrupting me. <laughs> I'm not using my future knowledge. I'm using what I believe into who, what I believe he is. I'm not saying, oh, I know he's not based on my future knowledge. I'm saying, I don't actually believe that any of that's true. Sean is boring. He's in the V Club. Boring. Lame. Loser. (laughs) Just kidding. But, like, he's also a jerk. Like, okay, one second he wants to be a virgin with Hannah, but then the next second he's like, I think I'm ready to lose my virginity to Arya. No, he's mm, saying, that just no. means you think she's hotter than no, Hannah. No, he's saying, I want to lose my virginity to the right person, which I think is a good message for young readers to understand. No, that's not what he's saying. He's saying, I no, want to have... No, that's sex. exactly what he says. He's saying, I want to have sex with a prettier girl, and I think Arya's prettier and skinnier. <laughs> that's what he never saying. says. You're literally using your body as, <laughs> as an excuse I'm projecting to have a wrong now. opinion. Okay, well, that's my opinion, Toby, all the way, Team Toby. <sighs> so you'd rather hang out with a killer than a jerk, is what you're saying. Yeah. He's okay. nice to me, and he protects me from Ben. And Sean would protect Arya from anything. I think, sh- I don't know, I-, I-, I think Arya and Sean both have their places, and I, like, sorry, what did mm-hmm. I just say? You're stumbling <laughs> over your words because you don't know what you're saying, and you're wrong. <laughs> I think that Toby and Sean both have their places, and... Aria and Spencer, respectively's lives. However, I personally would much rather choose Sean okay, because that's you know, your I love my blonde boys. And <laughs> is Toby brunette? In the, I guess in the show, I don't, I don't really know what he is in the book. He's not really brunette in the show. He's like more of a dirty blonde. I feel like, like I wouldn't be like, yeah, he's a brunette. Can we not discuss this? <laughs> Keegan Allen is the actor who portrays Toby. Kavanaugh okay, write him a love letter the then show. for all I care about. Anyways, do we have any more would you rather questions? I don't know. Does our producer Megan have any? (laughs) (laughs) 
silence. Uh, crickets. Yeah, crickets. <laughs> <laughs> crickets. What did we hire you for? <laughs> I'm a producer. I'm not an on-screen talker. <laughs> okay, and I think that is it for today's episode of Pretty Little Podcasters. We will see you tomorrow. Just kidding. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> but we will be coming out with our next episode soon over the book Pretty Little Liars Perfect. Mm-hmm. Make sure you are following us on Instagram and subscribe to our podcast um, at Pretty Little Podcasters on Instagram and Pretty Little Podcast on <laughs> Spotify and iTunes. There you go. Um, and then follow us on our own um, Instagrams if you want to get to know us better. Um I am your host, Emily, at EmilyRee underscore tutu. And I'm Maria, at Lino Lovin. And make sure to follow our producer, Megan Dunn, at Megan Dunn 4 on Instagram. Give her some love. Thanks, guys. <laughs> uh, and we will see you in a couple weeks. Thanks and, for listening. And <laughs> remember, two, three can yo. keep a secret if two of them are dead. Shh. Shh.